Uh, if you have a Bible with you this morning, find the book of Romans, Romans, and we're going to be in chapter number 12. Romans 12, uh, actually a very popular, common, well-known verse of the Bible is what we're looking at today. But this is, um, this is something special, I truly believe, today. In fact, you noticed this morning that we moved our water baptism service back two weeks. If you want to know the reasoning for that, it's because as I have really been studying and praying for, over what's happening in the next few weeks from, from where I feel like God is taking us, um, I just felt like we needed to do four weeks here in a row, uh, starting today, before we did this baptism service. And so I threw our whole team and everyone for like a major loop and just said, I think we gotta move that thing a couple weeks backwards. So that was my fault, and I'm, but I feel like this is what God has for us right now, uh, and so I'm excited about this. Today is actually the third week in a um, series of messages that we've just titled Stuck. That's been the word that we're using, stuck. And here's the backstory of this sermon series, really. I haven't really shared this with, with anyone except for some of our pastors. A few months ago, God really began to um, put some things on my heart uh, for, uh, for 2022. Some things that God was, was, was kind of speaking to me about, about our church, the direction of where we're going and what is coming. And when, when this happened, I was, I was almost overwhelmed with, wow, this is incredible, this is amazing, this is crazy with some of it, and I'm not gonna share it with you now, okay? You're gonna have to wait, but that, know that this is coming as we kind of turn the corner into 2022, that there's some pretty massive things that, that we feel God has put on, on the heart of our pastors of where our church is headed and what we're going to be doing and what he really wants to do through us, okay? And so we began to plan and prepare and strategize because this is the way that things work for us. God, we, we seek God and say, God, what do you have for us? And when we feel God leading, then we begin to plan and pray and strategize. And a good example of this, and this is not in my notes, but it's just coming to my mind, uh, a little over a year ago, a year and a half, two years ago now maybe, I felt so strongly that God was, was moving our church to develop uh, this culture of prayer like we have never had before. And if you've been around, you know, so that was a, a year and a half, maybe even two years ago, we began to strategize, we began to pray, we began to plan as a staff and say, how do we do that? How do we get there and what does that look like for us, okay? And, and we put all sorts of time and effort into trying to figure this out. Like a year later is when, is when it finally comes out. We spent eight weeks and did it in sermons for eight weeks in a row on prayer. You maybe didn't even know that. We did life groups. All of our small groups in the spring were on this idea of dangerous prayer, and we pushed everyone to be in there. We started to pray on Sunday mornings from the stage in a little bit of a different way and a longer time than we always have, and we did that today. Uh, we put more of an emphasis on our prayer teams and getting people to pray. We uh, uh, we, have, we, we focus more on our connect cards and people filling out prayer requests and we have uh, prayer teams that pray for those during the week. That wasn't really a thing before. Uh, and, and even on Sunday nights now, we pray every single Sunday night. And so you can see kind of God moving our church and moving the leadership, planning, strategizing all of that and we got to where we are today. And we definitely have a different level of prayer, a culture of prayer in our church 
that is much greater than it was a year ago. Okay, so this is just an example of what's God. So God has been doing something similar in me uh, in different ways, and we've been planning, and we've been strategizing, and we've been praying. That was a few months ago now, but a month or so ago, and all of this is to set up this part right here, a month or so ago, I kind of felt God interrupt our planning, which our staff always loves, okay? When I, we go like this, and then I say, no, we're going, and, and I felt, str- like I just strongly felt God speak to me, not like audibly, but I believe that God speaks to us in our minds and our hearts, and it's a beautiful thing. And God just kind of put on my heart, the people in our church family are not ready yet for what is coming, because many very simply are not free, are not free. They're stuck. They're stuck in all sorts of things that are keeping them from moving forward in their spiritual life and in their relationship with God. And God just like overwhelmed me with this idea of before we can get to what I want to do through River of Life Church and through our people, we have to go through a season of teaching heavily on the idea of freedom. All right, and so that's really where this came from. It was not like even, it was just like a total change of direction. This fall is gonna be, is completely this, and that's why we're talking about these things. Last week we talked about sin, the last two weeks. We talked about being stuck in that. Specifically, we hammered like sexual sin. If you were here, running rampant in our culture, we looked at the Bible, we talked about our culture. It got messy, it got harsh at times. It was a, a difficult, and some of us, you were even at those messages and you're still fighting this inside because, because this fear of you being found out is keeping you from experiencing real freedom in your life. And if that's you, I just wanna, I just wanna kinda kick you a little bit right now and that's a terrible thing for a pastor to say. But, but seriously, all right, your family is worth it. And your spiritual life and your relationship with God, it's worth it. And let's figure out how to move forward and be free from that. Come on, okay? And, and so if that's you, re-watch those messages online. If you have not been here the last couple weeks, find those things on, the, on, on our website and watch them. Massively important for a number of people, statistically a massive amount of people, where that is an issue, okay? Uh, today uh, turned out to be very different than I was planning. Uh, and, and in fact, I want you to understand that I'm not completely sure of the direction over the next couple weeks that we're going to be going, which is a little different for me because typically I, I, I feel like God kind of plans some things out in advance for me, and this, this series has been hard because it's kind of just been like trying to figure some things out on the fly sometimes, okay? So that's what this is, but I do know this, that over the next few weeks we are going to attempt to talk about anxiety and depression, mental health, and some of these types of things because I feel like this is a massive issue and the Christians are stuck. And, and the relationship with God is not what they are because they are not free in this area, okay? Now we're gonna talk about how much of this stuff we've brought on ourselves with the way that we are living and a culture that we live in. We're f- we've filled our lives with ways that has led to stress, anxiety, depression, we're also gonna talk about the reality that is chemical, medical, diagnosed depression, and that's going to be an entire another, uh, separate week, I think, all right, is what I will say from now. But God wants, you to, God wants you to live in freedom. 
He wants you to be free. But we also see in scripture how God uses some of these types of things for his glory and for his good. And we're gonna talk about all of that. Okay, uh, turn to your neighbor and say, that was the longest introduction in the history of the world. Yeah, so here we are. All right. <laughs> that brings us to today. Uh, and let's begin by reading a passage of scripture together. So please stand with me all over this place. Uh, this is Romans chapter 12. We're gonna focus on a single verse today, and that's uh, verse number two. Romans 12, verse number two, here's what it says. Follow along with me on the screen as I read. It says, do not conform to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Do not conform to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Then you will be able to test and approve what God's will is, his good, pleasing and perfect will. Don't conform to the pattern of this world. Be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Come on, let's go, let's pray. God, we, we just take a deep breath and we open our hearts and our minds to you in such a huge way. God, expectant, excited, uh, needing you. And Lord, I just pray that as we that as we look at this today and as we look at your very word that, that things would happen and that things would break and that freedom would be found, God, for people. And so we pray for that and we just kind of declare that uh, over this church and over these next few moments. So we need you, we love you, your name we pray, amen, amen. All right, give somebody a high five and have a seat. All right. This morning, very simply, very simply, here if you're a title person, I don't do a lot of titles, but I got a title today. Uh, how to get unstuck from negativity. How to get unstuck from negativity. And I wanna start by just saying this, you cannot have a positive life when you have a negative mind. You cannot have a positive life when you have a negative mind. It is not possible. You cannot do it. No matter how much you know, no matter what you do, no matter how much money you make or how good your kids are at sports or whatever, no matter where you live or how good your life actually is, you can't have a positive life if you have a negative mind. And the reality of the situation even today is that many Christians are stuck in their relationship with God because of the negativity that fills our minds. Uh, and so today is about getting unstuck from negativity. Uh, you cannot live a spirit-led, powerful life giving relationship with God if your mind and your tongue is constantly negative. All right, you hear me so far? That was good, that was important. Uh, now, negativity shows itself in a number of ways. Uh, let's quickly just talk about three of them because we're kind of starting here by doing a little assessment uh, of our own hearts and our own, on our own minds because some of us are like, yeah, yeah, those people over there really need to hear about this. I know someone that needs that. Don't point, okay, this is not okay. All right, but the reality is that this is an issue that every single one of us deal with and struggle with at different moments and different seasons of our lives, all right? But some of us, this is a bigger deal to you. And, and the negativity that has kind of engulfed you, uh, and you may, you may realize it and you may not, but it is keeping you from being free, all right? And so 
Uh, it shows itself in all sorts of different ways, three of them, and I'm gonna list them, I'm gonna start with three, I'm gonna list them in the form of a question. Uh, so let's honestly ask ourselves these questions. Number one, do I find myself complaining about different things in my life? Do I find myself complaining? Okay, some of us are already thinking, this is such a waste of time. <laughs> All right, I should have went fishing this morning. I can't believe we're talking about this. And the songs we sang, the music was too loud. I see they got the lights all colorful again. Okay, and I can't believe the school board made those decisions. They don't know the statistics. Okay, wow, this is getting hard now. And the coffee here at church isn't very good, but it's really tough to find a cup of coffee here in town. Truckers in changed their hours. If you didn't know that, I don't even really go there, but they shouldn't have done that, okay? Uh, do, do, do you find yourself complaining? Now, now, that was fun, and that was funny, but seriously, do you find yourself complaining? Complaining about the school, complaining about teachers or coaches, complaining about the city, how they're handling things, complaining about America, okay? Uh, now, listen to me. The Bible approves of speaking the truth with faith and love and gentleness. Uh, that is healthy, that is beneficial, but for most, that's not what this is. That's not what's happening. In fact, one pastor defined complaining as to express dissatisfaction with a circumstance about which I am doing nothing myself to correct. Complaining. Do you find yourself doing that? Okay, number two. Do I find myself criticizing other people? Do I find myself criticizing? Criticism, very simply, to dwell on the perceived faults of somebody else. To dwell on the perceived faults of another. It's finding faults in other people, not in a constructive, I want to help them in a, in a loving, faith-filled way, but it's just looking at people and seeing the bad. Look at what she's wearing. She looks ridiculous. Critical things. Look at that mom. Her kids are completely out of control. Okay? We, we think these things. We dwell on the perceived faults of another person. And we say perceived faults here because only God truly knows a person's heart. And so the conclusions that we are coming to about different people, like it's really just how we perceive it is what this is. A negative mind quickly sees the faults in other people and is quick to criticize, do I find myself doing that? Right, number three, do I find myself comparing things in my life to other people? Do I find myself comparing, looking at the people around me and comparing their life and the way that they live and the things that they have? You look at someone else's home and you compare it to what you have. You look at somebody else's clothing and you compare it to, to, what you, to your clothing. You look at somebody else's hair and someone else's body and someone else's husband or wife and you compare that to what you have. And we look at other people's stuff and we can think Two of, you know, we can think two different ways on this. We can think, oh wow, she looks beautiful. I wish I looked like her, which is jealousy and envy and coveting, destructive things in the Bible. Or we look at her and we think, wow, I look a lot better than her, which is pride and is also horribly destructive. Okay, comparing, comparing is a symptom of, a, of negativity in our minds, all right? A negative mind falls in the trap of comparison. And listen, all right, if we're honest with ourselves, this is all around us, and this is normal. Not just comparing, but, okay, complaining, criticizing, 
comparing, this is normal in our culture. We all struggle with this in different ways in different seasons, okay? Are you, are you doing that? And if that's us, if that's you, it's time to get unstuck from this cycle of negativity that is in your life. God, God wants you to be, uh, be free from that. Now, a few moments ago, we read a verse from Romans chapter 12, a uh, single verse, but a verse that is filled with all sorts of amazingness and all sorts of power and all sorts of life-giving stuff. It really is. Uh, the book of Romans is this almost 2,000-year-old, beautiful, helpful letter that was written from the Apostle Paul to a group of Christians in Rome. And this letter understands, this is what we're reading out of, is this ancient letter. This letter was written during a very negative time for Christians. Just understand that. These are Christians in Rome, in the center of the Roman Empire, during the reign of Emperor Nero. Persecution was a reality and things were about to get worse and worse and worse in history. You, you can read about this. And in the middle of this letter, so Paul writes this letter to those people in, in that situation, Roman Empire, right there, all right? And in the middle of this letter, like this verse in chapter 12 just jumps off of the page for me. Uh, Romans is a beautiful book that helps so much. But this is chapter 12, uh, verse number two. We read this earlier. Do not conform to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. And as we, look, as we look at those words right there, don't miss the massive implications of what we are reading here. Don't miss this. Don't be conformed to the patterns of the world. Okay, what does that mean? What does that look like? What we really have here is like, don't be conformed to the behaviors uh, of the way people are living, but behavior is really an overflow of what's inside of us, okay? So we really have, don't be conformed to the mindset, to the thinkings, to what's going on up here in our culture. Don't be conformed to what everyone else is thinking and doing, okay? Uh, then we are, tr and if the, okay, what we really have here, don't think and act like everybody else. And if the goal is not to do that, the goal is not to do that, then we are to be transformed, okay, to be made different, to be changed that way. How is that done? By the renewing of your mind. You following me? So three little kind of parts here, not, not a long passage of scripture, but renewing of your mind, like you used to think like this, those thoughts, those are what went through your mind and your head. Real change, real transformation actually comes when your thinking begins to change and when your thinking begins to be different, when your thinking is transformed. Now typically we think of change, we think of behavior. But again, a behavior is an overflow of what is in our mind. That is important if we understand this. Okay, one pastor said your life will always go in the direction of your strongest thoughts. Your life will go in that direction, the direction of your strongest thoughts. Now, there are all sorts of self-help self type of um, stuff that we can look and we can find and, and look into when it comes to changing the way we think. Some of that is good. I have read a lot of that type of stuff. But the reality of the situation for today is that our goal is not just to change our mindset from negative to positive. Our goal, what we actually desire, is that our mind would be filled with the thoughts of God. 
and that our mind would be filled with the purposes and the ideas of Jesus. That, that is our goal here, not just negative to positive, but really, you know, critical complaining, comparing to Jesus and his purpose is what we're looking for here. And so I wanna give you three ways to kind of set yourself up for God to transform your life by renewing your mind. Okay, three ways to set yourself up for God to transform your life by renewing your mind. Here we go, number one. Number one is this, own it and repent. Own it and repent. What do I mean by own it? Okay, I mean it's time to come clean. It's time to stop lying to yourself. It's time to stop saying this is for somebody else. And it's time for us to say yes, I have an issue here. The negativity in my mind is not good. The stuff that I'm thinking, the things that are going on, the things that are coming out of my mouth, the ways that I compare and, and criticize and complain about things, just, just right before the service today, oh my goodness, I've been, I've, been, I've been like diving into this all week and just consumed by it really, and I said something out loud to someone and immediately was like, you just did it! You just whined! complain in the middle of the, oh, right over there, right before you're going to tell people about this. You just, this is a reality. It's a reality. Stop. And, and, okay, we have to own it. We have to realize and admit the fact that we have a tendency to do this, to complain, criticize, compare. Admit that our mind is often negative and say, God, God, this is real. This is not good. I'm sorry for the thoughts that have been going through my mind. I'm sorry for the words that have come out of my, we own it. Before our mind can be renewed, you need to come to the place where you say, my mind needs to be renewed. That was brilliant right there. I should have got like a, at least a half of an amen. All right, before your mind can be renewed, you can, need to come to the place where you, where you admit my mind needs to be renewed and then you repent, you repent. All right, which is how we respond to any sin, any negative behavior in our lives. We see this all over the Bible. The word repent literally means to turn. All right, that's what that word means in the original language, to turn. It's to say I'm wrong. This is the way I'm going with my mind and I'm wrong and now I'm going to turn and I'm going a completely different direction. All right, that's what that means. Uh, that is not very like Jesus. I am wrong and it's turning and going. Well, I can't just turn my mind how do I do that okay well very literally transforming your mind simply involves two very two very specific things two very specific things okay getting rid of the bad stuff and replacing it with the good stuff turn to your neighbor and say that was brilliant yeah all right seriously all right uh, a father was sitting down with his son and giving his son some life lessons and the dad said son there's a battle going on inside of all of us between two, two vicious dogs. And he's telling his son this story. One of them is evil, anger, jealousy, greed, resentment, inferiority, lies, ego. The other is good. It's love, joy, peace, hope, humility, kindness, empathy, and truth. And the boy thought for a minute and he said, well, which dog wins? And the father simply replied, the one that you feed the one that you feed, all right? First, we must own it and repent. Second, second, let's start here by understanding what's feeding our negativity. Understanding what's feeding your negativity. The negative things in your mind are the direct result of the content you are consuming. 
You hear that? The negative things in your mind, you should, if you're taking notes, you should be trying to scribble that down because that was important. The negative things in your mind are the direct result of the content you are consuming. It's the result of what you are feeding it. And things will not change until we evaluate and we become purposeful and strategic about what we are allowing into our minds, all right? Like, listen to this. Most of us, we come here on Sunday mornings, a little over an hour. Some of you are like, it's more like an hour and a half, Pastor, if you didn't know. All right, but a little over an hour on average, not every week for the average person. In fact, it's more like two times a month for the average American Christian. Um, many of us even will we'll join a life group as well that meets for 90 minutes or hour and a half every single week. Bottom line though, listen to this, at the most, the church is providing for you two to three hours per week of teaching, prayer, reading the Bible, singing. Two to three hours a week is what you are getting from your church family in this way. The average American smartphone owner spends 263 minutes per day on their phone in America. 263 minutes per day, and that has increased every single year since the very first year it was invented. Every year it's gone up. That's roughly four hours and 20 minutes per day, 30 hours, 35 minutes per week. Average smartphone user on their phone. The average adult in America this year will spend three hours and 17 minutes watching TV every day. Whether that's Netflix, TV shows, sports, news, movies, three hours and 17 minutes per day, that is 22 hours, 45 minutes of TV per week. Some of that overlaps, doesn't it? Because you sit there on your phone watching TV. <laughs> you know that's true. Okay, so we can't do like a total mathematic time here because it overlaps with it. Okay, why do I bring this stuff up? Think about this with me for a moment. Even if you go to church every single Sunday and are in a church Bible study life group every single week, on average you will still spend 10 to 15 times that amount of time consuming content from your phone and television. On average. That's crazy, isn't it? Think about that for a moment. A, a ridiculous amount of that content, by the way, is unhealthy, negative content of some kind. What dog are you feeding? What dog are you feeding? If you think that you can spend 15 times more time and still maintain a healthy, God-centered, God-focused mind, you are mistaken. It doesn't work like that. I don't care how super Christian you are or how many times you polish your halo during the week. Like seriously, you can't do that. You, you, it doesn't work like that. Part of this process is for us to realize this balance scale of what is feeding us negative and how is that weighing against the positive. Come on, social media, the news, Netflix, movies, TV shows, our friends, our family members at times, negative people in our lives. Like I'm not saying cut out every single bit of social media out of your life or never watch another TV show, though I have completely cut social media out of my life because for me, it is, not, it is no longer worth it. So if you try to message me on social media and I don't respond, don't get angry. I haven't looked at the thing and I'm not going to. Seriously, all right? I miss out on some family things because family plans stuff on social media. Anyone else do that? And you're going, what happened? All right, but seriously, I don't do that. And I really don't watch much TV at all. I'm convinced my life is richer and fuller and overall so much healthier because of it. Amen. And some of us are like, this is nuts. 
he goes, he's like, I'm gonna post this right now. This pastor is nuts. But you need to decide what that looks like for you and begin to evaluate and be aware of what you are feeding your mind, okay? We need to understand what's feeding our negativity and act accordingly, number three. Number three, okay? We're starting to remove, we're starting to remove. In a way, we sang the song today, I will make room for you, okay? Understand, some of our minds are so full, there's no room for God. Number three, seek God daily and fervently. And so we own it, we repent, we start to become very aware of the negative ways that we are feeding our mind and we begin to adjust content if we need to and just be aware of that. I know you think you're learning all the new things about the vaccine by spending hours on there. It's not good. It's not good, all right? It really isn't. And then we begin, when we begin to change that, then we really begin to seek God daily and fervently, all right? And we do that by purposefully investing time in seeking God. Uh, we talked about seeking God. This is this is a point we used last week. If you were here, uh, about sexual sin and pornography, and we're like, we're talking about it again today. And we may very well have this this point right here. Just get used to writing it down, because it might be in every single sermon this fall. Honestly, why? Because it's part of the process of getting unstuck from almost everything is us learning to daily and fervently seek God and fill our lives with that which is good and healthy and holy and loving and pure. Uh, Philippians chapter four, finally, brothers and sisters, favorite verse for some people for sure. Whatever is true, whatever is noble, whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, and whatever is admirable, if anything is excellent or praiseworthy, think about such things. The opposite of this, whatever is newsworthy, whatever is toxic but fun to hear and read, whatever is negative, okay, this is the opposite of that. This, this week, this week I purposefully removed myself from my cell phone, from the news, I'm already off social media, so that wasn't there. I didn't watch a single show, a single movie on television this week. I read books, I spent time with my family, I prayed, I studied, I spent time in the Bible, I listened to God-centered, uplifting music. The positive Jesus content in my life this week was 10 to 15 times the content I took in from our culture and the culture around me. That was my week. And can I just say, there is very little of any cultural negativity in my mind. Yeah, you just admitted you messed up out there. Okay, serious, seriously. Like my mind, my mind is in a different place this week after a week. And I already had cut a lot of this stuff out. And I'm not saying that I'll live every week of my life from here on in that way, but I'm I'm determined to move closer. I really am. Music team, will you please come? Listen, it, it is time. It's time to get unstuck from this junk. It is. It, it's time to no longer 
dwell, to no longer fill ourselves, to no longer live in this mindset, the the way that everybody else is living and everyone else is thinking and, and what they're putting on their social media and the things that they're saying behind somebody's back, the people you work with and the way that they talk and the way that they live, this idea, it's time, it's time to stop it. It's time to get this out to get unstuck from the cycle of negativity. You don't have to live like that. You can be free from this. And I'm telling you, it is a breath of fresh air. But our world, in America, in coronavirus, junk. Seriously. Negativity spreads like a disease. And I'm telling you, your kids will develop a negative view of the world by watching you. That hurt. That was like a little barb, wasn't it? I'm sorry. But seriously, like when you when you talk bad about their teacher, that that becomes who they are. When you talk bad about a coach that they that when you talk bad about the president, when you talk bad about the school board, the city, and whatever it else it is, you understand. It's like a, it's like a cancer. It spreads like a disease everywhere you go. It's just not, it's not the way of Jesus. No more complaining, no more criticizing, no more comparison. It's unhealthy, it's no fun. There's a better way, which is marked by love, joy, peace, gentleness, goodness. There's a story in the Bible, and I'll kind of close with this. The story in the Bible known as the Exodus takes up a huge portion of the beginning. It's where somewhere between one and two million Egyptian slaves were liberated all at the same time. This is a crazy story. These were all, they're all the Jewish people is what this is, the Israelites or however you want to talk about it. God's chosen people. They were slaves in Egypt for 400 years. They were making bricks and building the pyramids. You ever go to Egypt and Cairo and you look at the pyramids and you say, how in the world did they build this? A million slaves did it. Seven days a week, 400 and whatever years. Seriously, it's in the Bible. Harsh, horrible conditions. But God intervenes, and he uses this man named Moses. Miraculous things begin to happen. Pharaoh finally just says, get out of here. But the road post-Egypt for these people was difficult. In fact, they get, they get free, and like day number one, they come up against the Red Sea. And they're saying, how do we get by this now? And they're already starting to say things like, we should, have just, we should just go back to slavery. They're like, there's the Red Sea here. But again, God shows himself. He parts the Red Sea. It's this incredible miracle story. Uh, and a million or so people, I, got, I found this picture, this painting that someone had made of this story right here. Parts the Red Sea and mil- a million to two million people walk through the middle, liberated and free. It's this incredible thing. Well, there's a story that Jewish rabbis used to tell to their students as they were teaching them some different things. Don't miss this. It's the story of two slaves, former slaves, who are walking across the parted Red Sea. These are two slaves that have been rescued and the sea has been parted in half. They are miraculously being led to the other side. But they're complaining because it's muddy. And one is saying, I'm getting mud in my sandals. I'm getting mud between my toes. I hate mud. It's so squishy. It's so dirty. It's so nasty. And listen to this right here. And they continued to complain about the mud in their toes and their sandals. 
but because their heads were down, they didn't look up to see the walls of water being held back for their safety and their freedom. I'm telling you, negativity will cause you to miss God. It'll cause you to miss God. You'll look around at the world and you'll totally miss what God is doing, what God is saying, what God wants to do in you and through you. You will be stuck in this cycle of negativity and you will miss God. Listen to me, God is doing something in this church. He's moving. Things are happening behind the scenes that you don't even know about. And the future here, I'm telling you, God is, is, is preparing us for something so great. But let's not be people who are right in the middle of the work of this amazing God, but we miss it because we're complaining about the mud between our toes. Don't miss it. Please stand with me all over this place. All right, time to own it. Who here, who here's with me and just would say, man, I struggle with this cycle of negativity in my life. If that's you, just show me a hand, just kind of as a way of saying, God, this is, this is me and this is an issue for me. Okay, many people raise their hands. Some of us, I don't know what to say. Some of us aren't ready to admit it, maybe. That's okay. You're angry because I said something wrong. I'm just kidding. But God, I just pray. I pray for those who lifted up a hand. I pray for those that negativity is truly like destroying them from the inside. I pray for those that are stuck in this. And God, that we would, that we would truly just today in this moment, just kind of own this. And that we would repent, God, because this is wrong. And I pray that we would sincerely and seriously kind of set out on this mission to, to become aware of and to change the negative things that we are feeding our mind. And God, that we would learn how to seek you daily, fervently, begin to fill our minds and our lives. And God, that we would be transformed by the renewing of our mind. Jesus, that is our prayer. That is what we want. Don't let us just walk out the doors, God, and do the same stuff and think the same way. Let this be something different. Let it be different, God. We want to be free from this. In your name, we pray. One final thing just before we're done. We always just want to give people an opportunity to respond to the message of Jesus, even for the first time. Uh, if you're here today and maybe you're just thinking, man, I, I know that I'm not right with God. That, that this isn't about a religion. It's not about coming to church or being baptized or confirmed. Okay, a lot of good stuff there, but that's not what this moment is. This is really about you coming to the conclusion that I can't do it on my own and that I've kind of made a mess of things and understanding and realizing that Jesus, God sent his very son to die for you so that you could be forgiven and that you could be free and that you could be reconciled to God because your sin has really junked that up. All right, and there's a moment that needs to take place where you just say, God, I open myself up to you and what you did for me and I believe and I confess and I've, you know, it's this beautiful moment and it starts as a heart thing between you and God. If you're here today and you would say, I need to do that today. I need to make that decision and have that moment. If that's you, will you just quickly show me your hand? No one looking around here for a moment. 
just a time of privacy and reflection. Thank you, thank you. You can put your hand down. Anybody else? Anyone else? Thanks, thank you. You can put your hand down. If you're watching online right now, you can respond to this. You don't have to be in a church to do this. This is you and God right now. You can respond to this. Anyone else? Just a moment longer. All right, church, let's just say a prayer. That These aren't magic words. That's not how this works. This is a heart thing. It's a heart thing between you and God. But just to help you out, we're all just going to pray this prayer together. Let's pray. Pray, Father God, I give you my life. Thank you for sending Jesus to die for me. Forgive me of my sins and change my life. In your name I pray. Amen, amen. Come on, can we put our hands together and celebrate? At least two people raised their hand today saying, that is me. Okay, what a great thing. What a powerful thing. All right, let me just kind of speak this over you. May you walk out these doors today on a mission to be transformed by the renewing of your mind. That negativity would not hold you back anymore, but that you would live in this beautiful, life-giving relationship and experience everything that Jesus has for you. Come on. Amen. All right. Thanks so much for coming today. See you next week.